0: Hey there, welcome to Dirt Rich, seasonal conversations on food and farming. I'm Katie Federal, and you know, it's still not too late to start growing some of your own food this season. Whether you're thinking about starting a backyard garden, putting some containers out on your apartment balcony, or even simply growing some herbs in your windowsill, it's still a great time to start. So today my coworker Kent Solberg is back with some tips and advice to help you get going. Well, hey Kent, thanks for joining us again. Good to be back, Katie. Good to talk to you. Uh, One of the last times we recorded with you, uh, we started talking about the importance of growing food for yourself, you know, in in any capacity, whether you're on the farm or off the farm. And I was wondering if you could maybe share a bit more about, you know, your top four tricks for us, uh, what you want to grow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of people, this is on their minds you know, maybe for the last many, many years, you've just bought your food or you've eaten out at a restaurant. And and we've been blessed to be able to do that for a long time in this country. But you know, times are changing. and, And I think people realize that there's just been an explosion, as we talked about last time, in seed and garden supply sales. So if you haven't thought about it already, I'd encourage you to empower yourself. Think about growing a garden. Think about growing food um to some that's intimidating you know uh we we, we've talked a little bit about you know visions of grandma and grandpa out there sweating in the hot sun you know hoeing the beans or sweating in the hot kitchen canning tomatoes um you know and and or they and they don't have the skills to do that they don't have the equipment to do that they maybe not feel that they have a yard to do that maybe the ordinances and covenants in their neighborhood won't allow them to do that we hear that a lot um I wouldn't despair, I think there's some options you you don't need a tiller to garden um, you don't need a huge yard. there's many things you can grow, and we'll go into some of those here in a minute, but container gardening wow, what an opportunity and there's tons of stuff on youtube and you you don't have to buy the designer planner, repurpose a bucket, repurpose an old an old sack, an old feed sack or an old uh you know, this is how they, they get people started with farming in developing nations. They teach them how to grow potatoes in sacks. Um, there's there's plenty of information. You don't need to spend a lot of money. Think about landscaping with fruit, and, uh, not producing perennials it's instead of just decorative perennials. No, you're, you're probably not going to get something right away from that, but maybe we need to start thinking, you know, long-term. And landscaping, I mean, a lot of these... Trees produce beautiful blossoms uh, in the spring, very fragrant, very colorful um, throughout the rest of the year. So, great opportunity. Vertical gardening, many excellent sources on online, garden sill gardening or a windowsill, excuse me, gardening or microgreens. You can grow these in an apartment, you know, or in a condo. Um, Just do something to grow something. Be a producer uh instead of just a consumer is huge um for moving your for empowering yourself. So I've got a few simple garden rules. I'm not a master gardener. I'm not, you know, the top of the line on this, but there's some <coughs> excuse me, some basic things that I think um we can all use um uh that can be very helpful. I think taking the vision of long straight rows with lots of bare soil uh in between as being the definition of a of a garden just just let's just remove that. Okay, there's lots of <laughs> information on how to do that and and practice the principles of soil health, which is what we encourage uh, here at SFA. The second is don't grow what you don't like. I'm not a huge fan of eggplant, so we kind of don't do much of that anymore. You know, uh, if you don't like eggplant, don't plant eggplant. If you don't like Brussels sprouts, don't. I like Brussels sprouts, so. But if you don't like Brussels sprouts, don't plant Brussels sprouts. Plant what you like um there there's no law saying you have to grow x y and z um just because you're growing a garden um third keep it simple and start small start with one or two containers, not fifty you know start with a a four by four or a four by eight you know garden bed and and, and outside the kitchen and do some veggies on um like so many other times um you need to work your way into this. There's a learning curve to it. And I know the temptation is, Oh, I went to the grocery store last week and the food shelf was empty and there was no more toilet paper and hand sanitizer. And Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Take a breath, take a breath, calm down and, you know, do something that's manageable. And maybe you think you're going to have lots of time this year because of your employment situation and you're not spending two hours a day stuck in traffic commuting back and forth. Great. Go for it. But, um, you're going to have to put some time into it. And so keep it simple. Keep it manageable. Um, grow a few things well. That, that, that's kind of my fourth um, piece that kind of is a spinoff of the third. Um, and, and until you build experience, again, don't overwhelm yourself with dozens and dozens of vegetables. And the fifth is start a compost pile. This doesn't have to be a big, expensive thing. You can probably scrounge stuff to keep it sort of, you know, corralled in a corner or whatever, but start a compost pile because that's what's going to be fuel for your big part of fueling your system um, as you go. And there's some really great information online on how to do that. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to one uh, uh, gardener online who I think's got some pretty amazing stuff. He's in the British Isles. His name is Charles Dowling. A lot of people may be familiar with him, but he, he, he works a lot to follow the principles of soil health. Does he specifically state those out there? No, and he, he takes some deviation from that. But the big thing is you don't need a ton of equipment to do it. He talks about composting. He talks about starting, with just literally bare ground uh, out there. So look up some of those resources. Check others out on container gardening and get going. Now, I do have my list of top four vegetables I would encourage people to grow. Uh, and, and I'll talk about the reasons for these as I go. And again, these this is my top four list. doesn't need to be your top one. You may not like some of these things, but I'll give you my top four and tell you why. Number one, potatoes, especially russets. Why? Well, part of the reason is, as we've maybe talked about before, is you can grow them in a garbage can. Or in some other container, and you can grow large amounts in a very small space. Again, excellent information online on how to do this. Um, you can do it in old feed sacks. Um, one of the reasons I like potatoes is how do you store potatoes? Cool, dark place. No pressure canner, no water bath canner, no canning jars, no fancy equipment. Cool, dark place. The other thing I like about potatoes, you can save some for seed the next year. And keep going. Um, that's huge. Talk about empowering yourself. You don't need it to spend a bunch of energy or a bunch of time preserving these things. It's, it's just how you harvest them and prepare them for storage. Um, and you don't need uh, a, a lot of outside energy and infrastructure to, to do this, and you can save seed for next year. The second one beans, particularly dry beans. And I'm gonna go even a step further than that. Bean varieties that can be eaten fresh as like a green bean or a string bean or whatever, but also you can let them go to full maturity and dry down, shell them out, and you can store them in a jar with a tight lid. No big deal. One of the best for this that I know of, that's just me, I'm not a bean expert, is Kentucky Wonder. And the other beauty of them is they love to climb trellises so you can do vert- vertical gardening with something like this. So um, again, uh, you can eat them fresh. You can let some of them mature. You can run them up a trellis. They don't take a ton of space. Um, and and what do you need to preserve them? Well, let them mature, shell them out, store them in an airtight jar. Wow, pretty amazing. Yeah. Beans are super nutritious. Um,
0: green beans are definitely like the the crop that I've had the most luck with as I expand my garden over the past few years. It's green beans go gangbusters, and <laughs> I have plenty of them. And I'm able to save seed to plant for the next year.
1: Perfect, and it's and it's hard to beat fresh green beans right out of the garden. Uh, oh, absolutely! Eating meal in the summer, so outstanding. I've been doing
0: those in yeah, i been doing those in container gardening.
1: There you go. There yeah, you go. didn't hey, even need
0: much space.
1: There you go. You want to know about container gardening green beans? Get a hold of Katie. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so another resource for everyone. So absolutely. Uh, my next one is butternut squash, an open-pollinated variety. You can grow this in containers. You can trellis it. You could start it in a pot and transfer it because for some of us, our growing season's pretty short. Um, Great opportunity. How do you store it? You harvest it. You put it in a cool, dark place. No canning jars, nothing like that. You could do all that stuff. You could do all this stuff with any of these things, potatoes, beans, whatever. But you don't need that. And if you get an open pollinated variety as you open up that squash to prepare it, you can save some of the seed, uh, from that for, for next year. But my fourth one is, is a bit unusual, um, that I'm going to talk about, but, um, uh, here are my reasons for this. It's, it's either sweet corn or an open, an open pollinated variety or an open pollinated variety dent corn or field corn. Um, and, People think that you need a combine and hundreds of acres and blah, 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 blah to do this. You really don't. Um, you should have at least four rows wide and whatever length you want. That's to allow for pollination uh, there. Um, you can eat the sweet corn fresh and then let it dry down and just pull the husk back and hang it from a string upside down uh, to store it through the winter once it dries. Um, and then have seed for next year. The dead corn or field corn, same thing. Um, you're not going to probably eat it fresh. And it's not that great. It's not like sweet corn, but um, you can you can harvest it and pull the ears back, or take the husk or uh, take the husk back uh, and let it dry and hang it. And you want to talk about the most amazing cornbread you can ever make. Uh, you can oh. shell it off the cob by hand and if you got a coffee grinder, you can make cornbread. It's amazing. I encourage you to try it. If you get a couple chickens around, hey, some of the ears don't turn out so great, they'd be more than happy to clean them up for you. So great opportunity there. Um, we can intercede um, the corn. Uh, we, can, we can put clovers in there just as a cover crop. Or we can do pole beans, or peas, or squash. Or is this starting to sound like the three sisters thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, great opportunity there. Great opportunity. We can do the three sisters thing. So, but you know, if you stop and think about it, four rows wide is only going to be between twelve and fifteen feet. Is all you're going to need wide. The row can be twenty five feet long, fifty feet long. It, you, yes, you need a little bit of land to do this. You don't need a ton of land, but maybe you've got access to a community garden. Maybe you've got access to a vacant lot. Um, take advantage of those. But again, you just need that cool dry place to store it. So, um, I think that's absolutely huge, um, to have those opportunities. It's all stuff you can use, uh, to help support your family if you're feeling a little food insecure these days. Um, but it's a great opportunity that doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't take a ton of effort and the corn you know the corn you think you got to have a tiller Um, you can take old carpeting old cardboard a plastic tarp kill the grass off in an area if you've got access to some compost or some manure even from a horse stable in your neighborhood or whatever get it to rot down a little bit there's still time there's still time uh, to do some of this stuff uh, and get ready and plant that because uh, we, want, we want soil temperatures for corn to be about 55 degrees or warmer. A lot of our organic corn producers don't even plant until the 20th to the 25th of May. Uh, in Minnesota, we want that ground warm. That corn gets up and gets going fast. Figure out how you're going to control weeds in between. Lots of ways to do that. Check it out online. Think about interseeding cover crops in between or doing the three sisters and and, and run with that.
0: Yeah, these are really great ideas and ingredients, I guess, that we would see in a lot of our our Midwestern dishes, you know, potatoes, pretty huge staple, squash, maybe a bit more nutritious staple, and even the corn. I didn't realize that, oh, I guess I never thought of where cornmeal would come from necessarily, like which type of corn. (laughs) So that's, I'm going to log that one away. Maybe try that this season.
1: Mm If I were to add one more thing, Katie, I guess I would just say some, uh, just a small, uh, what a lot of people would call a kitchen garden patch, maybe four feet by four feet, four feet by eight, four feet by 12, just outside the back door where it gets some sunlight uh, out mm-hmm. there. And you can do things like you know your salad greens, spinach, radishes, maybe a few carrots, maybe a few onions, just little things like that, a chive plant, maybe some herbs. If you're into basil, parsley, thyme, rosemary, whatever, maybe even some garlic uh, if you want to go that far. SFA's got great resources now on growing garlic and there's a great networking group on that. But it's just nice to be able to step out the door, harvest that fresh salad and have it for lunch or for supper. And those are going to come on fast, a lot faster than some of these other crops uh, are going to come on. And it just kind of give you a little boost or a little reward there uh, for your effort just to enjoy something fresh and green uh, early in the in the summer here.
0: Absolutely and I'm thinking of I I haven't tried any of these systems yet for home but I I have seen more hydroponic at home uh, kits come online too Mm -hmm. so that's if that's more up people's alley too that's a great way to grow some greens uh, fresh inside and longer season up in Minnesota too.
1: There there you go and a couple (laughs) barrels and away you go you know uh, it's very doable and hey you want to take it to the next level think about aquaponics um mm-hmm. and and that's a little more technical uh a little more sensitive but uh there's there's people doing it there's great information available out there uh, uh, but look into those things other people you know call in with your ideas email email us with your ideas if if you think there's something great out there people need to grow um give us a holler and and we'll we'll see about getting that on and and just this is about sharing information about empowering people about building our farms or families in our communities so um, yeah join the conversation
0: dirt rich is produced by the sustainable farming association we believe agriculture done well heals For more information or to tap into the Farmer to Farmer Network, visit us at sfa-mn.org.